0: Welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. This is episode 45. Our continual sponsor is Thrasher Coffee, so shop at thrashercoffee.com for specialty coffees and use the code TOPBREW to get 25% off. I'm Joe Darnell, your host, and with me is yours truly, our coffee roaster extraordinaire, Mr. Eric Rauch. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Eric. It's raining. It's Wednesday and it's raining. It's raining. It's pouring. (laughs) It's... No, it's a, Oh, you mean like it's? Oh, yeah, it's we, Wednesday. Like it's
1: every day of the week now. Just seems like, like this rainy, dreary weather. This Seattle-like weather is
0: our is our new normal. Yeah, and a lot of people are talking about climate change these days. I I don't know that it's anything it, it, it's, we can prove. It, everything it moves is. in cycles.
1: It, it, yeah,
0: you know, climate change is a real thing. But I remember that my grandparents would talk about the stories they had with strange weather that go in cycles like for 25 year spans and there would be strange seasons. And do you remember the blizzard of such and such a year in yeah. a place that it never happens? And then like, then, you know, 10 years later, there was like a, it was like a heat wave in December. Yeah. It, there's always changes. The predictable thing about weather is it's unpredictable. <laughs> <laughs> and type prediction weather scheme.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could predict it for a day, but, but try and extrapolate that over the course of a year and you're gonna be you're
0: gonna get yourself in trouble. It is actually pretty miserable outside. It's pretty dank. I have um uh, a very good window in my office here and there's really nothing good to see out there right now. It's just dreariness.
1: Yeah it is gloom. It, yeah gloomy, dreary. I, I don't know maybe I do. Maybe I'm maybe I'm more affected by it than than I I uh, I think I am but I, I never really because I lived in, in the Seattle area for three years. And people would complain about seasonal affectation disorder. You know, people that that never got to see the sun really drive them into a
0: into a deep depression. I think um, it could happen to me. Yeah, I've been affected by this weather. I know yeah, that and, for and the I'm last sure four months. Probably, I'm
1: sure it does affect me. You know, in in ways that I don't acknowledge. But I don't really care if it's if it's gray outside. Just give me dry. You know, just <laughs> just be done with the rain.
0: <laughs> it hasn't been very dry. This is Georgia. We're talking about and. We yeah. never see rain like this yeah. in all my life. I can't think of a time when we had this much rain for a whole year. They don't put that on the travel brochure.
1: Mm-hmm. That, Welcome to Georgia. Or, or, Welcome to Northern Georgia
0: where it rains four days out of the week. Mm. Well, speaking of the things that change in the sea of change, there is something a-brewing. A-brewing? Yeah. Here in the coffee culture, something a little bit different, Eric. Something that I thought we would call to your attention because... Maybe you're one of the special few that live in one of the bigger cities and you find one of those fancy coffee joints that is already serving this drink, but there is something called cascara. Now I found this, I discovered this on the internet just yesterday. Have you ever heard of cascara before? Maybe.
1: I mean, I I don't necessarily know it by that, by that name, but I knew that there was, that there was a, a drink that was gaining popularity made from, made from coffee cherries. I just didn't, I, I guess I never really thought much about what the name was, but, uh, yeah, I have I've heard of it but not in the way that we're going to be talking about it today.
0: Okay. Well, cascara is a new kind of beverage that's made from the coffee plant. It's not something that comes from the coffee seed or the coffee bean. It's coming from the coffee cherry. The cherry, which is the fruit, the pulp that comes around that those coffee seeds that we turn into the beans.
1: Yeah, which is which is a unique a unique way that, that we use the coffee plant. Most fruit trees, we eat the fruit and throw away the seed right well the coffee tree what we do is we throw away the the fruit
0: and use the seed it's the reversal
1: it it is the reversal but it but it's it's kind of away
0: those seeds though i'm sure they're going to good use what the seeds you know they're not throwing away the seeds when they make the the fruit tea
1: oh no, no 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 typically all that stuff is being is being washed away it's a big problem in uh coffee growing regions where there's a processing center, where there's a processing plant. It becomes a lot of compost. It becomes a lot of compost. It clogs up rivers. It does all sorts of environmental things because they just get rid of it. They just don't, they don't want the the fruit. They want the seed because that's what the people are buying. So I've always, I've always thought, well, there's gotta be a, there's gotta be some sort of use for this fruit. And have you so ever I'm ate any of the it fruit is. i haven't no okay um I'm, I'm growing my own coffee trees right now i hear that it's kind of tropical like you know i would uh, suspect it's kind of citrusy yeah mm-hmm. um
0: it looks like a cranberry it, it turns a little bit red right
1: yeah they call it a cherry because it, it looks like yeah, it looks like a cherry yeah and um, when,
0: when they're a little dried they look like cherries uh, skins yeah they, they get darker they get right. uh, thick and skin like leathery
1: yeah when they when they naturally process coffee what they pick the cherries and let them sit out in the sun and dry and they they start to look like raisins you know a raisin is a is a dried up grape well that's what that's what the the natural processed coffee looks like and then they wash it off and what that does is it allows some of that fruit flavor to penetrate the seed and and get into the seed You get more fruitiness out of a natural processed coffee than you would a wet processed coffee, which is washed, they they take the cherries, put them in a bath of water, and strip the the fruit off that way, so it doesn't dry in the sun. It doesn't have the same contact with the with the seed, which is a coffee bean that we normally expect. So,
0: well, a naturally processed coffee is going to have more of that that flavor. And that is why a lot of the coffee descriptions you see around these days say that it's fruity. You know that it, it's because it's yeah, naturally it, processed.
1: You can still get some fruitiness from from a washed
0: coffee. That's not but saying not you're nearly not going as to, much, right? No. It's
1: just not going to be as as prevalent, typically.
0: And so the way that this all came about for Cascara was that there was a coffee grower that lives in El Salvador, Ada Batal. This is a fifth generation coffee grower uh, doing their job. And one day they, they were at a coffee taste testing and the person smelled a little bit of hibiscus. They asked the people there in the room, like, what's that smell coming from? And they said, well, it's coming from the husks from the coffee. We have the. From uh, our garbage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so th- this Batal figured out, well, maybe there's something we could do with that because right. it's, it's floral, it's fragrant Interesting. It's complex. Hey, maybe there's something here. Yeah. Maybe we can produce something from yeah, this. Yeah, and,
1: and, and that would be fantastic. There's nothing worse than just throwing all this stuff away. And that would be great for the processing centers too, because they could they would have two revenue streams in. They sell their they sell their processed beans, and they sell the stuff that they processed off.
0: Yeah. So it, it's sort of the whole animal mindset from a lot of farms. Like, well, what can we do with this meat? What can we do with this skin? Yeah, what can we do with the, yeah. these bones? How can you we need to use think more that of the more that way. Yeah. And it just makes complete sense with mm-hmm. something like this. Like you're saying, we go through so many coffee beans for every coffee bean that is used in the grind. That means there is a coffee husk yeah. that was yeah, just disposed. About, That's mean, about, a lot
1: about a cherry, you know, maybe a little bit smaller than, than, a than like a Bing cherry or something. But think about that for every, every bean you're putting in your grinder, there was a enough fruit around that, that they had to strip off and get rid of. I mean, that, that adds up.
0: Sure does. So the recommended brewing recipe with this stuff is to use, to steep three tablespoons of cascara, cascara, sorry, and uh, 10 ounces of hot water for four minutes. You know, so it's, it's kind of like you're brewing a tea for a cold brew though, which is also done. They use six tablespoons in 12 ounces of water steeped for 12 to 16 hours, which is, you know, not so different from how you cold brew a coffee these mm-hmm. days in a French press. Right and the results in general they say is that it's it's y it's it's fruity it's tea like it smells like tea it doesn't make you think of coffee when you see the beverage when you taste the beverage and it's being treated as such because it's not like coffee but it's definitely from coffee but they can't call it coffee because it's so tea like now tea you know you traditionally think of tea as what will you think of will you think of a beverage made from the tea leaf or as some kind of infusion with other natural ingredients right but this is an altogether new beverage. So, Batal figured out they needed a new name, and so they used cascara, which is the word for skin or peeling in Spanish, I think it is, and that was the basis for the name, and that's that's really what it means. So, it's available in a bunch of different coffee houses in the country now. It's it's available in blue bottle cafes, and also other kind of specialty coffee houses in Houston and Deer Isle, Maine, and Portland. And of course, it's available in El Salvador. I haven't tried it yet. I would like to get my hands on some. If any of our listeners are familiar with Cascara, then, you know, write a, a message. Tell us what you think of it, how you like it, or how you're seeing other people are responding to it. One of the things I find interesting about this too, Eric, is that it actually has caffeine. And so I discovered this on an article for uh, NPR's website where they pointed out that some people are calling it like nature's Red Bull. Mm-hmm. And I was debating that in my head because I thought to myself, well, coffee as a beverage already has way more caffeine than your traditional tea drinks, your black teas or anything like that. But you were saying that perhaps even if the the levels of caffeine are not equal to that of a traditional coffee beverage – you just n- don't know how the natural ingredients may give people the energy boost that yeah. is akin to something like a red bull you know red bull actually doesn't just get all of your energy from the caffeine it's, it's not just a
1: caffeine drink right you know, maybe they're not even thinking about it that much maybe it's just something they're saying but by calling it nature's red bull coffee itself has has a lot of antioxidants and, and a lot of other naturally occurring supplemental type things in it that some of which penetrate the seed or, or some of which are, are in the seed and we get them in the bean, but are probably a lot of times lost during the roasting processes. You're taking these seeds and, uh, and, and applying a huge amount of heat to these coffee beans. I would imagine that, that the fruit itself has even more antioxidant value. You're processing it less. You know, you're know, you using water to, to strip it off the seed and whatnot. I'm just going completely off the cuff, but I would suspect that like, like a Red Bull, it, it has other things in it besides caffeine that would maybe not wake you up like a a red bull would but it, but it's going to have the caffeine it's going to also have those other give you an enhanced alertness alertness but, but also but also some sort of value for your body you know some sort of antioxidant mm, sure, um, sure power to it that that you wouldn't necessarily get as much from a cup of coffee
0: hmm. it's used for hot their hot tea like beverage cold tea it's also been bottled it has been fizzed like a soda in some places, in some restaurants, it's also been used by Colorado's New Belgium Brewing Company for the Cascara Quad beer. Mm. I'd like to see what that's like. Yeah, New New Belgium's—they're the, the, the ones that make uh, Fat Tire. The Colorado people—they know their beers really well. Yeah, I've had some good coffee beer from them, and uh, I think that this uh, has a lot of potential. So I'm e- eager to see where this goes in the future.
1: Well, there's a uh, there's a roaster in actually she's in Maine. She says that it's a tropical berry fruit that just happens to be coffee. It's not tea. It's a hundred percent coffee, but it smells like herbal tea. So you would get more of the, more of the fruit flavor, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah you would like think this isn't coffee. This is not what coffee tastes like. Well, yeah, it is.
0: Well, if you've ever chewed on say apple seeds and got the taste out of them, you realize that there is a world of difference between oh, the yeah. fruit around that seed and right. the seed itself. Right. That's
1: why we eat the fruit, not the seed.
0: <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You got to look out for, there's, I think, a little bit of some kind of poisonous toxin uh, yeah, in the, an apple seed. I've heard
1: it was cyanide or or something similar to cyanide. I don't know how true that is. It might just be something that our moms always told us so we didn't eat the seeds.
0: And that is why we don't brew apple seeds, children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: apple seed coffee.
0: So, uh, yeah, check out Cascara. I don't know if that's uh, going to float your boat since you're listening to a coffee show, but it is a product of the coffee culture. So explore it. Figure it out.
1: And if you happen to be a a supplier or if you know of a place that sells this and you want to send us some, we would be glad to brew some up and try it and
0: review it on a future episode. We'd be anxious to do it. So I want to stop now to say thanks to our sponsor, Thrasher Coffee, for supporting the Top Brew Podcast and our website. If you're thinking about giving coffee to friends and family this Christmas, Thrasher Coffee makes an excellent supplier. They roast craft coffee in small batches and freshly roast them each time, giving you a package that looks and smells great, so they make perfect gifts. Thrasher specializes in freshly roasted whole bean coffees that are made to order and delivered straight to your doorstep. They have an intense, detailed process to hone roast profiles to perfection, like the five bean blend that they're using for their Christmas blend this year. It's what I'm drinking every day, and I can honestly say it's bringing in the spirit of Christmas for my household. Thrasher always treats you like the beautiful coffee drinker that you are. And Top Brew listeners get 25% off of their purchase with the coupon code Top Brew at checkout. So thanks again to Thrasher Coffee for supporting our podcast, which is the world's best coffee supporting the world's best coffee podcast. In other news, other topics, um, Eric, it has occurred to me that there is a lot of the craft coffee culture that is seeking perfection. There's a lot of people that... They, they got to have it just right or they don't want to drink that insipid stuff. And in this fussy coffee culture that we live in now, there are all different degrees of tastes. There there are the people that are looking for the fruity flavors, mm-hmm. things that get closer to the, the raw beans. So they go more medium and light than they go for the fair dark. And in, in, to all degrees, there are people that are seeking perfectionism. This has uh, some good and bad qualities to it. There's people that... They got to have it just right. I'm a perfectionist. I have these tendencies where I sometimes feel debilitated if I can't make my graphic design stuff just right. You know, that's what I do during the day. It's it's how I make a living. And sometimes it kills me when I'm intentionally doing something I know is inferior if that is going to meet the demands from my clients.
1: And sometimes it kills others. It does uh, <laughs> your your perfectionism.
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say that my uh, that a graphic design could kill people. No, no,
1: no. <laughs> just for instance, if there's other people waiting for the design, and it just it just, just perfectionism <laughs> takes longer than it does.
0: I, I don't know. I think I'm trying to save people's <laughs> lives.
1: Okay, well we can look at it that way too.
0: And what doesn't kill them makes them stronger.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and the same thing is happening to people in the craft coffee scene, right? So there are the people that get so ambitious that they they're not going to enjoy coffee anymore i think that this is one of the reasons why most drinkers are content with whatever coffee comes down their path because they don't want to wind up like that person who's got to have it just right for instance everyone who's interested in coffee knows if you went to a specialty coffee house and you had amazing coffee it would be really hard to go back home and make something that's inferior to that Mm -hmm. because you would want to go back to that place that had the best coffee experience you ever had. And if it was accessible, A, you'd end up killing a lot more time to get that fancy brew. B, you'd be spending a lot more on the coffee and C, what happens the day that 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 coffee house lets you down or there's a bad experience there? Who knows what? But seeking the perfect cup is something that's really hard to obtain on a regular basis. And
1: it should be in a lot of ways, it's a fool's errand, you know, setting. I mean, I say that that I'm in, I'm in constant pursuit of that. There's a reason why you're in constant pursuit of it, because it, it really doesn't exist. The perfect cup just doesn't exist. Because even when you've had, everything falls into place. You have this this great experience one day, you either make a cup of coffee or somebody else makes it for you, or it just falls perfectly into place with everything else that happened that day. It is, for that moment, it is the perfect cup. If you took that same exact coffee and put it in a different day, maybe everything was going wrong. Maybe, uh, you
0: you, know, you just changed the circumstances around exactly. the coffee,
1: but you put that same coffee in that it, it wouldn't be the perfect cup anymore because it's not adding to the symphony of that day. It's running counter. Actually, uh, I'm kind of rambling here, but no, um, I,
0: I hear what you're saying, because sometimes the quality of the experience has a lot more to do with other always, circumstances. I, I think it always does. It always is a factor. You can't just isolate
1: just the coffee everything is okay
0: if i have the perfect cup of coffee
1: exactly because even when you're sitting there and you're making it yourself
0: you may be dumping beans out of the same coffee bag but the but they're not the same beans well see i don't think that you can make perfect coffee because you cannot derive perfection from ingredients from goods from natural resources i think perfection is really a mindset it is the people who right who comes down to the definition
1: too what does that even mean
0: What, what is the, I mean, right? But if you are a perfectionist, you think, you know what it means and you think it is a product that is external. But I actually think that the, the issue with perfectionism is that it's an internal mindset that you look at everything with life with. Sure. Yeah. So for instance, you know, when it comes to coffee, you're, you're thinking about your hot beverage and you're tasting it, you're scrutinizing it and you get deep into the weeds about it. Something about it just never seems quite right. It's something that you're pursuing something that's kind of like unobtainable like that last few degrees exactly. of perfection that yeah. you're you don't feel comfortable sharing your coffee with others because it's just not quite right
1: that is probably where it becomes a problem where yeah, it's where debilitating yeah but in my mind the pursuit of the perfect cup is a good thing because even though we'll never find it we'll never get it you may find the perfect cup again for that day or for that or for that moment but the next day you're going to try something else and and maybe different circumstances,
0: maybe, maybe but see, then I don't think you're pursuing perfection. I think you're pursuing, I think you're pursuing, as I call it, the pursuit of happiness. You're pursuing right. something that always delights people. I mean, everybody's taste is so divergent that you cannot make something that is perfect to the majority of people, the majority of the time. Yeah. So you need something that actually just makes a lot of people very happy. A lot of the time And then you give them some options with variety. So you have a medium, you have a dark roast, and you have a specialty blend. And then you focus on another one that has a single origin. So you can match up with people's tastes as best as possible and delight them to their tastes.
1: Well, Well, even myself, I mean, I don't fall in any particular area on the roast spectrum. Sometimes I want a lighter roasted coffee. Sometimes I want a darker roasted coffee. Sometimes I want something in the middle. And that's why we do... Offer those options at Thrasher. We don't just roast one way.
0: Have you ever seen the bucket list? Yes, but it's been a while.
1: Okay, there's you know Jack Nicholson is the and is Morgan the, Freeman is the yes. billionaire, right? He's the he's the he's the guy that has all the money, and he's the guy that's dying, right? They're both dying, but um, they just have their bucket list of things they want to do before they die. Um, and Jack Nicholson drinks this this Kopi Luwak coffee in there, you know <laughs> this 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 expensive high end coffee that has this. That's all he drinks because that's the best, right? That's the absolute best coffee you can get. And then Morgan Freeman tells him what Kopi Luwak coffee is later in the movie. That it's <laughs> that it you know, it's actually there's some sort of little little animal that eats the coffee. They eat the coffee cherry and then they poop out the seed. Workers come and gather up the seeds. And that's what Kopi Luwak coffee is. It's <laughs> it's been naturally processed in in the most natural way possible. It actually went through an animal. And then Morgan Freeman has this big laugh, and you're like, "This is what you know. You're drinking, you're drinking poop coffee, essentially." Um, but until that moment in Jack Nicholson's mind in the movie, that is the best. That's the perfect cup of coffee. But in a split second, when he finds out what it is, this is actually how this coffee's made. It's suddenly not the perfect coffee anymore, right? It's, <laughs> there's, there's something, there's something, there's deficient something very here wrong here, right? Right. So uh, even that, I think, is the pursuit of. I called up a fool's errand. I think it's fun. I think, I think it's part of what makes coffee, coffee. It's a plant. I know we talk about it a lot, but wine, it's a grape, right? But there's tons and tons and tons of varieties. There's just all different ways you can make it. And that's part of the fun is, is finding out how is it serving me right now in this moment? What flavors am I detecting? You know, what kind of pleasure is it giving me?
0: Well, like we've talked about with the theme of craftsmanship before, everything about this is part science and part artistry, right. Some of it is going to be finessing to suit people's taste. But then, uh, in order to get uh, to arrive at that point, you first have to go into the laboratory and figure out things about yeah. the ingredients, the body of temperature, the kind of water you're using, what chemicals are left in there. Yeah, and, and the
1: perfectionism side seems to want to want to be part of the art crowd. But yet they're really more of the science crowd. Yeah. Because, because they, it, it's always that, about the technique.
0: Well, they think that you can master total control right. using a scientific method. Right. And then it'll yeah. sing and it'll be a perfect thing in an artistic way. Right. But that is why it doesn't work because art never is so clinical. Well, it, it's,
1: and, it, and it's a human endeavor. You know, we're part of the equation and our tools are imperfect from the water kettles we use to the brewing devices and nothing is exactly the same. Especially us, but even even the tools we use. If we had a couple drops more of of, of water, then, well, it's not that it's not the same as yesterday. I mean, it's really really close, but but it's technically not the same. You know, if yesterday was perfect, then if today has two or three more drops of water in it, then it's
0: it's not right. It's not perfect because it's it's different. So I wanted to give a little bit of recommendation to the people that wrestle with this tendency. If you're a coffee enthusiast, you probably have been really frustrated with yourself in the kitchen at times when you you spilled the AeroPress all over the counter, or you forgot to finish the pour over, and now the the water kettle is cool, and you realize it's going to be an inferior brew, and now you're tempted to just throw out the grinds. Or, yeah. You didn't press the French press right at four minutes. Yeah. and, ah, and I got to throw it away. You unintentionally pour, put in too much water, or yeah, maybe the beans are a little bit stale because they're three and a half weeks old and it kills you. Here's what I would recommend. First, take a step back. What are you trying to do here? Sometimes coffee does not need to be viewed as a work of art. Sometimes coffee just needs to be viewed as substantive. It needs to be viewed as something that gets me from point A to point B. Coffee
1: serves you. You don't serve coffee. Thank you. Although, well, I guess you do serve coffee. To, to other people, <laughs> but, but you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, sometimes we become a slave to the coffee. It, yes, it, I didn't prepare this one just right. So I'm not, I'm not representing this. <laughs> just drink it. It'll be okay.
0: Well, yeah, there is a turning point where in the pursuit for total control, it does switch on you and you become the slave to the beverage. Right. right. So what I would recommend is that if you have this perfectionistic tendency and you wrestle with getting something down right and that quality of, I never feel like it's good enough. Take a step back and just try to pursue making it 90% perfect. Keep it fun. Because the 90% perfection is easier to obtain. It's the last 10% that's really hard for anyone. And that's really what you're never going to achieve anyway. Right. So you can make a coffee that is 90% high grade. The idea of getting to a 100% grade is nigh to attainable.
1: Yeah, even cookies that
0: were left in the oven just a little bit too long are still good cookies. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. They're still 90% greater, higher. And the only difference between your crappy coffee and the perfect coffee is a lot of imperfect brews that you have between here and there. And the reason I wanted to bring this idea up was now I'm thinking about those people that have perfectionistic tendencies that haven't got into craft coffee because they're wary of the fact that they're just going to be making a lot of bad coffee for a long time before they get to something that makes them very happy. Yeah. And for those people, they keep returning to a craft coffee house in order to get the great coffee because they know they cannot they cannot match that quality at home. Right. But I think that you need to take it home. And I think in order to get there where you're happy with a brew that you can make for yourself, everyone had to make a bunch of bad cups of coffee right. first. A lot of people, everyone had to roast some bad beans before they got to the roasts that were truly good
1: well it's an analogy for life itself yeah i mean if if you have something that interests you but you don't start doing it yourself because well i don't i can't do it as good as so and so well neither could they when they first started you're comparing yourself as a beginner to somebody who's been doing it for years even months well obviously they're going to be further down the line they're going to be able to to do it better than you but just start you got to start somewhere and once you have a baseline, then you just then you just keep adding on
0: to that. Yeah, yeah move but that the needle meat. a little bit every time. Exactly. You just yeah. got to set a goal for yourself and take small steps. And in a few months, you'll get there. Right. So the only difference between your crappy coffee and the perfect coffee is a lot of imperfect brews to arrive at coffee that you love. I just wanted to reflect on this idea again, because this is what it is for me. I don't think that we are hipsters. We're not extreme fussy coffee drinkers, you and I, Eric. But though we really do appreciate good quality goods so what is it about for us well for us it's not about the pursuit of perfection it is the pursuit of happiness for me i want to find the coffee brew that delights myself and delights other people mm-hmm. it makes me happy today gets me going off on a good start in the morning and then gives me a jump start again in the afternoon and then for me it's also about finding tools that i really enjoy using not the perfect tools in the kitchen but finding tools that are just a delight to use right so so that's why I enjoyed the AeroPress. Now, a lot of people would be intimidated by that finicky-looking thing, but then you actually stop to use the thing, and you realize everybody needs something that they do on a day-to-day basis that is Mm hands-on. I think that everybody should have an experience with their hands, with tools, in a practical way that doesn't just involve a mouse and a keyboard. Right. Get your hands dirty in the kitchen a little bit. There's some sort of tangible results. Something. Yeah, Yeah, Something I made with
1: my hands, and I get to – I get to reap the benefits from it. It's, it, yeah, it's a it's a fun thing.
0: And for a lot of us, it's not an electric drip coffee maker. It's something else. It's a pour over like a V60 or a yeah. Kalita Wave. It can be these things and those are delightful tools. Lastly, I think that the long-term objective with pursuing happiness with our hot beverages is to serve other people good coffee too. Be hospitable, you know, show, show some hospitality and make good coffee for others. And this is a great way to delight other people, you know, figure out some craft coffee. Uh, do it yourself. It's like anything else. I mean, things
1: things that you enjoy become more enjoyable when you do them with others. You know, when you when you include others on on what you're learning, they share some things with with you that that they're learning that you hadn't thought about. It's just part of the progress of life. It's something that we that we do together. But it just happens to be a really awesome beverage. You get this. Look at that, you can, you can get tea from coffee and you can get coffee from coffee. We learned something today. We love you, coffee plant.
0: <laughs> I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thanks, Eric. Good conversation. I really enjoyed tackling the difficult issue of perfectionism because, like we've already said, that's something I wrestle with all the time. I know you don't have these problems. No, no, not, not at all. I just, no. You I, wing it every time you're in the roaster. Right. Flip on the machine. Does that look done? Yeah, whatever.
1: Yeah. Wait,
0: what? <laughs> Thanks again for joining us for episode 45 of Top Brew. You will find the show notes at topbrew.fm slash 45 for the show notes and links. If you want to get to that article, we talked about Cascara. And if you'd like updates from Top Brew, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Top FM. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash topbrew.fm. If you have coffee topics to discuss with us, use the hashtag AskTopBrew. And we'll respond to you in another episode. Lastly, I want to say a huge thanks again to our sponsor, Thrasher Coffee. It's always fun to interact with our sponsor. And I love those guys. I love Eric and the hard work that they put into every little roast. Use the coupon code THANKSTHRASHER to get 25% off of your first order. Let them know that we sent you. I am Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to Top Brew.